Time now for This Week in Tech. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, building tomorrow's cars today from home. Google supporting local news and eSports stepping into the spotlight as other sports temporarily step aside. All this and more coming up. As the number of COVID-19 cases continues to rise nationwide, millions of Americans are working from home, including auto engineers. CBS's Jeff Gilbert has more. Leaders in Ford's design team often meet to go over clay models of vehicles that are going through the design process. They're still doing it just in the virtual world. We kitted them up with, you know, with sort of the latest and greatest uh, hardware and quite literally unboxed some unopened VR headsets for them. For Digital Design Director Michael Smith says the systems allow several people to walk around virtual models and discuss what they see. And many of these design chiefs do have some built-in technical support. The executives have, you know, teenagers at home, which hopefully help them set up the, the technology even faster. Smith says stay-at-home orders moved up the deployment of these technologies. With the Car Chronicles, I'm Jeff Gilbert, CBS News. And the pandemic is shining a bright light on the kind of car repair that comes to you. Brian Cooley explains. Ford started doing this on a small scale last summer. Probably pretty glad they did now when a lot of their personal and business customers aren't interested in heading somewhere to get their car fixed. Now, Volvo does it differently. Their Volvo valet comes to get your car while dropping off a loaner, services the car at the shop, and then swaps your car back for the loaner again when it's done. Startups like Your Mechanic and Wrench have updated their processes to make them entirely free of personal contact when they come fix your car, and they disinfect any part of your car they touch. It might end up safer than before you got it serviced. As with remote work, education, and online grocery shopping, this pandemic is not only forming technical ways to cope, but very likely new normals. High-tech cars and modern driving at CoolionCars.com. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen at colleges and universities nationwide next fall. But since we're still going to be dealing with the effect of the pandemic, we could be looking at classes continuing to be offered online and sports programs suspended, at least until there's a safe way for them to be played either with or without fans in attendance. At the University of Akron, though, we know there are still some varsity teams that are going to play no matter what. Esports director Nate Meeker. Most of our activities have moved online that we previously had done in person. However, we do have seven different varsity teams that compete for the university. Those teams are League of Legends, Overwatch, Rocket League, Hearthstone, Counter-Strike, Rainbow Six Siege, and Fortnite. Of those different games, we are still competing uh, in most of them in the spring semester. And going forward in the fall semester, all of those teams will be competing once again. We'll see if that's going to be online or in person. It's still up in the air, but uh, I'm hopeful we'll be able to get back into the facilities to get our students back competing live and in person. So probably a lot of people don't understand that people who are playing video games actually do play in person and what that looks like and why you do it. Does it add a new dimension or a different or a better dimension to the games when you do it that way? Yes, it definitely does. So traditionally with 
the rise of gaming and esports over the last two decades or so, we've seen a lot of students gravitating towards these in-person teams more recently because they provide not only team stability, you constantly have the same teammates that you're playing with, building your skill set together, but also the communication skills that the students build is really adding another dynamic to the game that you don't get online. When you're communicating in person, you're sitting right next to the folks that you are playing with, you're doing that over the course of the semester, over the course of years, they're building not only communication skills that are going to help them after they graduate here at Akron, but they're also building friendships that are going to last them a lifetime throughout the game and outside of the game. So you say you have seven different teams. How many people altogether? 53 students on the varsity teams, and then all in total, the esports program at Akron has just under 2,500 students involved. I see. So if they're not on a team, what are the other mostly 2,500 doing? So a lot of them are involved with different clubs, gaming clubs that we have on campus. Some of those clubs also host competitive teams. We've got right around 16 different student-led clubs. Those clubs, for the most part, organize their own competitive activities. They organize meetings online, in person, sometimes within the game, sometimes outside of the game. And it's been a way for students that are interested in gaming to find a new social network on campus. I heard that ESPN has actually been broadcasting esports. Yeah, with the changes that have come to the professional sports world or them being on hiatus currently, many esports activities are taking over where the broadcast was going to be for live sports. So it's definitely been something where folks who may not have been checking out the channels where esports was played can now see it live on ESPN, TBS, and then it's been on half a dozen other networks as well in the, in the recent weeks. What have you heard as a result? Is it making people more interested in the sport? I think we're getting more visibility on it for sure, and that allows more people, I think, to understand that it's not just a game for a lot of the folks that participate, but it is a competitive activity for them where they get to test their skill against other players around the country and locally as well. Do you anticipate that this is going to mean that there will be more students getting involved next year? I would say that it's going to lead to some more visibility. So we'll have students that maybe weren't aware that Akron had a program previously will now become aware and join because of it. We probably will see an influx in students that are interested in the competitive realm as well because there'll be more opportunities for them to engage, whether that is online or in person. Do you think that there's going to be, or do you, have you heard that there's going to actually be more games, different games, new games developed while we're on this hiatus? Well, there has been one currently. So we have, of the students that are involved in the program, quite a lot of them have been playing a new game called Valorant that was just released by Riot Games, still in the early beta stages right now, but they're looking to go live with that at some point during the summer. And because of the newness of everything and because of how we're all quarantined at home right now, these new games that have some competitive angle to them have really attracted a large body of students to be involved and to be passionate about it. My expectation would be that there'll be a few more that were 
already in the development stages that get pushed along a little bit faster so they can release them this summer or, or into the early fall that we will most likely participate in at a program level come fall as well. With some residents in various states this week holding protests over stay-at-home orders, Facebook has decided it will pull down posts promoting those protests. CBS News technology consultant Larry Maggot. This is a very sticky issue for Facebook and any other social media company that prides itself on supporting free speech. I don't think that Facebook wants to prevent people from expressing their opinions about whether states should relax their lockdown orders. But when it comes to organizing events where people are gathering in public and potentially violating social distance orders, that's an issue of public health, along with adherence to state and local legal orders. The news business has been falling on hard times for the last few decades, with ever-increasing buyouts and layoffs, shrinking the size of newsrooms, particularly the ones that provide local news. But now Google is jumping in to provide some support. But Mishkin has more. The Google News Initiative says it will donate money to small, medium, and local news publishers around the world. It's launching a journalism emergency relief fund for news outlets hurt by the coronavirus economic downturn. Google will also give a million dollars to the International Center for Journalists and the Columbia Journalism School's DART Center for Journalism and Trauma. Google says local news plays an even more important role than usual now, detailing how COVID-19 affects daily life. Bud Mishkin, CBS News. Meanwhile, in Australia, Google and Facebook are being required to financially support local media. Scott Maiman explains. The tech giants have been accused of siphoning billions in advertising revenue by posting content generated by traditional media. We believe this is a battle worth fighting. Australian Treasurer Josh Frydenberg. This is critical for the future viability of our media sector. A new mandatory code of conduct is being developed which will require Facebook and Google to pay a fee to Australian media outlets. It's all about competition and creating a level playing field. Scott Maiman for CBS News Brisbane Australia. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>